morning, Josh. Good morning, Ellie. I guess it might be a different time for other people. Yeah, you may be experiencing this at afternoon, at eventide. <laughs> Let me rephrase. Hello, Josh. Hi, Ellie. How's it going? Pretty good. We need to introduce our episode with Nate and Tom. Yes, we. that is a need that we have to do. I want to say this is this is one of my favorite episodes ever it it these are good humans they're professional we say that a lot we say that all the time everybody that we have on um are good humans yeah but this was a really really fun conversation Mm -hmm. it made me a fan of our own podcast (laughs) i was already a fan of our own podcast oh good and of our fans early adopter i'm a fan of our fans I'm a fan of our fans. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so Nate Garvis and Tom Weiss run this entrepreneurial studio called Studio E. And I just figured out that the E probably means entrepreneurial. I thought it meant explorer, actually. Oh, I guess it, maybe it could be either. Maybe it means something different to everyone. That's right. Um, they run this entrepreneurial studio and it helps people navigate uncertainty and take their their selves and their teams through change and it's Mm -hmm. really really awesome and I'm always trying to describe it to people and I end up just saying you just should go you should just do it Mm -hmm. and then you'll know and while that is still true it's really nice to be able to have this conversation to point to so that people can hear directly from Nate and Tom what uh what it's like agreed that's all okay um yeah i'm i'm really excited for the episode i think we explored a lot of content there and um would i'm you excited l- hmm? sorry no go ahead would you like to do a plug for your your upcoming launch uh I think we kind of covered it in the live episode, which will be but that's not available. the very next episode. Um, we wanted to give people who had paid money to attend some exclusivity to the to that content. But yeah, um, EJ, who is um, a sometimes guest, sometimes audio engineer for our live episodes, and I are going to be, we'll have a new show called Well-Mannered Barbarian, and I think that's going to be August-ish. Um, we'll, we'll have more information as that develops, but we, we are firm enough in plans to say that that is actually happening. Hashtag it's happening. Hashtag get excited. <laughs> All right, well, without further ado, let's talk to Nate and Tom. Let's go to the episode. Three, two, one, go. We're recording. Press record. There we are. Has hath been pressed. All righty. We're not doing this in episode in Old English. Hark. Verily and forsooth. I said we're not. <laughs> oh, okay. We're I'd... not going to do this in iambic pentameter. <laughs> I wasn't... <laughs> I'm not prepared to do that today. That's no, because no. I came prepared for haiku. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, you can, you can do that. Everyone else gets to choose their own rhythm today. You know, 17 syllables. Come on. <laughs> Hi, Josh. 
Hello, Ellie. Hi, Nate. Hello, Ellie. Hi, Tom. How you guys doing? Hey, Josh. Nate. Hello, <laughs> Tom. Right on. Hey, Tom. <laughs> hey. Hi. Good to see you. Uh, awkward, awkward introductions are done. <laughs> awkward hellos. That's great. Uh, we're here with Nate Garvis and Tom Weiss. Did I say that right? Weiss. Yes. Weiss. 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 My law school professor in tax called me Mr. Wise, and I never corrected him. Oh. <laughs> and so every time he'd say that, I'd say, yes. I am. Mr. Wise. Mr. Wise. But I think I got a D in the class. Oh. I think it was followed by Mr. Wise guy. <laughs> Mr. Wise. <laughs> wise ass. Um, uh, so we're here with Nate and Tom, and they're the founders of this great organization called Studio E, uh, which is an, uh, I think you guys call it an entrepreneurial studio. Yeah, it's an explorer's club. Mm -hmm. And it helps leaders explore, navigate, and implement their great ideas. And what I love about the language, at least on your website and the language I've heard you use, is that um, you say you're there to help leaders not only to survive, but to thrive. And I think that's a really important distinction. Um, and we're talking about helping uh, leaders unlock themselves from beating their heads against the same brick walls over and over, navigate the unknown, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, and actually be really happy and prosperous while navigating the unknown. It doesn't have to suck. It can actually be Yeah, the fun. best future is the one that you have a hand in creating, not the one you react to. Yeah, nice. Um, so I have an analogy for Studio E, if you'll indulge me. I don't know if you've experienced this, but <clears throat> sometimes when you have like a favorite band uh, and you buy the new album, and I have this with Andrew Bird a lot, mm. so I'll get the album and I just won't get it, or I'll experience it on some level but not really yep. get it, mm -hmm. and then I'll go to the show and it will completely unlock this whole universe of this album, and I'll totally understand it. So that's kind of how I felt about Studio E when I first heard about it, read about it. I was like, okay, I conceptually um, get this. And then when I went through it, it, it was like completely different. So can you help, help the people that don't know what Studio E really is help them unlock that a little bit, the ones well, that know, haven't seen Tom them. and I were raised on the Grateful Dead, so those shows were the same way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, listening to a Dead album is a lot different than going to a show. For sure. Um, you know, part of it was the kind of feeling that we wanted to create, because you can't learn from a place of comfort, and we wanted to create um, a really cool, um, engaging experience to be discomforted in. So we sometimes refer to it as an intellectual day spa, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so we, um, you know, the, the content is compelling. The crowd that gathers there, I think is the secret sauce because it's so, it's so diverse. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we like to sweat the details. We pump great music and great farm to table food and we're in a historic reading room and it's a place of vacation. Yeah, the other thing we really try to do is uh, create a place of knowing versus understanding. Mm -hmm. So a lot of experiences like you listen to people you go, I understand that. I mean, I get that kind of like what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But when you know something, it's totally different. Yeah. So it's like I can you know, read a book on how to ride a bike and I can probably understand it, but you don't really know how to bite, ride a bike to you ride a bike. Right. So, you know, we try to get people into a place of knowing 
by talking a little bit and then just getting them to do some experience. Of the, yeah, do some of the experiences live. And then connect with people and debrief on those. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what causes the transformation you're talking about mm -hmm. because you leave there knowing and it really changes you. It really does. And I noticed, <clears throat> so it's four days over the course of a year. It's, one, yeah. it's every mm -hmm. 90 days you go and you spend the whole day there with your cohort. I'm kind of a, um, I'm a green bracelet. Okay. So this is, for our listeners, this is, um, you kind of take this, it's like a personality test, but mm -hmm. you sort yeah. of get this color assignment. I can't remember the name of it. but It's called insights. Yeah. yeah, insights. And you figure out kind of what your... Um, what your personality and your instincts are so that you can recognize what other people are and kind of meet them where they are and help each other, like exactly. kind of be empathetic toward each other. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a green bracelet, so I kind of feel my way through things, but I stay like, I, st I hold back. Right. That's uh, the introvert part of, of green. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't really talk very much on the very first day. I wanted to. But I just really did a lot of observing and, and experiencing. And then the second day just dove right in and felt like this was 90 days later. And then was like, oh, man, I wish I could have dug in on my first day and been, um, I guess, had a more full day, like experienced it more fully on the first day. But I had held myself back. So do you see people going through this and experiencing this and... All the time. I mean, a lot of what we're doing is making people aware yeah. so that they can make better choices about what's going on. Mm -hmm. So you had a new awareness about how you lead. You have a tendency to lead with green, which is, you know, you're more reserved and you care about people. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people like me, I'm more yellow. And so I just want to basically go to the bar and party. <laughs> um, so... Once you understand how you lead with that type of energy, mm -hmm. yeah. then you can make better choices. So you you were aware of that and you made a better choice the next time. Yeah. So a lot of it, a lot that goes back to that knowing part. Mm -hmm. How you learn something and become aware of it allows you to step into it. And once you step into it, you know it. And you haven't forgotten it. You have that was a couple of years ago. Right. It was. Yeah. So this is all about how do you how do you embrace and launch ideas when there's no instruction book? That's what the unknown's all about, right? And yeah. most of our world is changing so rapidly that there's increasingly less and less that you can predict mm -hmm. out mm -hmm. there. Um, not that that's a bad way of operating through life, but I would say it's incomplete. So this exploratory experience, and we oftentimes you know, use three words of awareness, uh, literacy, and choice. So this awareness that there's these... Um, this the world of the known and the world of the unknown and use different tools and stuff like well one of the things that we were just talking about Ellie is that you had literacy now of um, what kind of energy you lead with mm -hmm. and that puts you into a place of of um, I would call it not just choice but a choice of awareness too often we're we're not making choices we're just working off of habit or instinct and, yeah exactly mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, that's one of the reasons why it's, um, we take a break of 90 days in between, um, our cohorts meeting is it takes about three months to rewire mm -hmm. a neural network and create a new habit. So everything that you learn in the studio is done through the form of experience, as Tom said, so you can feel it in your body. Mm -hmm. You not only understand it, but you know it and you have a practice now like yoga. Right? Mm -hmm. And so you can do that practice over and over again, and it becomes an additional habit for you. Mm -hmm. Cool. 
You said something about the the world being um, increasingly unknown and increasingly, um, I can't remember the word, if it was unreliable or... Um, well, I would say unknowable. Unknowable, yeah. yeah. How do you teach people to at least form a hypothesis if if the the unknown part of the world is getting bigger? I mean, how do you get them to uh, admit that the world is like that? I guess, I mean, um, in order to, to lead through it, you have to have some kind of guess about how it's going to be. You have to have some kind of hypothesis, right? Or do, or do you? That's it's interesting. More like, it's, it's more like a lot of people want certainty yeah. of the unknown. And what we give people is clarity. And there's a big difference. So clarity is like knowing who you are mm-hmm. and what you want and what your purpose is. And, and what's in front of you, not what you guess what's like, you know, a year ahead or 500 miles down the road. But, but what's like, here? What, yeah, what you can clarify. Mm-hmm. And what you can step into, given who you are. So we kind of break it down into smaller steps and create safer pathways mm-hmm. for you to go out there mm-hmm. so you don't blow up, basically. So here's, here's a dirty little secret. Okay. We all hate change. Good change, bad change. As humans, we are wired to perceive initially and rapidly anything new as dangerous. There's this little part of your brain called the amygdala. It's mm-hmm. the oldest part of our brain. And it's where fight and flight come from. Mm-hmm. Back when we lived in caves, what you did not know actually killed you. You know, right. that berry would poison you. The guy coming over with a flaming sword was not <laughs> inviting you over for dinner. It was right? a spear, Nate. It was a, a spear. spear. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> But now, um, actually staying in the cave is what kills you. So we actually have to get over millennia of biology. Mm-hmm. And that's about um, getting into a new habit. So we all are kind of wired to have a habitual response of anything new, anything changing, to be discomforting. But with experience and with a practice, you can actually get really comfortable. And as Tom said, it's not about like creating certainty in the future. That's mm. folly. But with um, a certain amount of techniques and practices that we, uh, that we bring people through at the studio, you can create great amounts of clarity. Mm-hmm. And it's clarity that's enough to talk your amygdala down. You know, you, you don't freak <laughs> out all of a sudden. Right. You know? And um, that part of our brain is so fast. I mean, much more rapidly firing than the front part of our brain where reason comes in. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. it's not that scary, right? But by the time your amygdala fires, oftentimes you're just in habit mode and mm-hmm. you're, you're reacting right. uh, subconsciously. Interesting. Do, can you tell us any stories about leaders or people that you've worked with? <clears throat> uh, obviously, don't say their names, but stories of of people that you've worked with that came in kind of thinking that they all they had it already figured out and kind of got smacked in the face with it a little bit when they realized that they they needed your help. You know, it's an interesting question because um, folks need to know this: Tom and I totally cheat. <laughs> We don't, we, we, we don't take broken people and fix them. We take awesome folks and unleash them, which oh, is okay. so much easier. Yeah. So, so there's it, like a pre-selection process? Well, it's an invite-only <laughs> experience, right? Yeah. You know? yeah. And we wanted to create something that was really exclusive but not elitist. Mm-hmm. So the criteria is, you know, you're interesting, you're interested, mm-hmm. um, you're community-minded, and, you, and we have this really strict no-jerks rule, right? So... 
I can't, I mean, I could point to a couple of episodes. I'm thinking about, there's this one academic once uh, who comes from the design world, okay? So um, now, overarchingly, he was wonderful in the experience, right? But we had this one exercise about figuring out a model that was really, really difficult. And it was, it was really intended to frustrate you because the lesson there was to learn how you react when you're frustrated. Again, literacy, right? Yeah. Sure. Well, he refused to do the exercise. And he said, well, I just wasn't intellectually <laughs> invested in it. And Tom and I were like laughing at each other. It's like he was, he was so wrapped up in his title or winning or well it's like you know he wasn't even like not being wrong not exactly he's playing not to lose exactly which by the way is a good way to never win (laughs) but but i would say you know i don't want to pick i don't want to pick on this guy because he's he's brilliant and he's phenomenal he's a he's a, a great leader but that was that's one instance where i could see you know people kind of running smack dab into that but you know, it's funny because that particular a- exercise that happens on um, a day three experience is all about changing your mindset and um, getting this internal narrator behind you instead of front of you. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. And so we, we bring people through this great experience and understanding that you, know, that you can talk your brain down and it can get behind you and it's a world of possibility. And then we put them in this exercise and have them write out post-its on how they're feeling. And it's like, this is bullshit. This sucks. <laughs> this, you know, I will never do this. And it's like, it's just like everyone's, awesome. yeah, everyone's narrator shows up. And right after they've been talked to about like how this works. And that's how powerful the habits are. I don't sure. even remember that. Yeah. Either I, I didn't. I don't want to blow it for anyone it's out just, there. there. We do a series of things that put you into a downward spiral. Oh, the downward spiral. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we make people aware of it, and then they go, we got it, we're golden. And then (laughs) five seconds later, (laughs) they're pounding the floor, and people, you know, this guy quit the exercise, and people are like, God damn it. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. It's it's really funny, but again, that day is really purpose-built to put you into frustrating places. Now, again, it's really fun. I mean, it's not like, you Well, know, yeah, and it's all in death. this, it's beautiful right. space, and yeah. smart people, and good food, and yeah, yeah so there, it's like comfortable discomfort. And also, you know, the people that we invite in, um, we delabel you. You know, you're not your title, you're not your education, your politics, your sexuality, you know, your religion. You're just your first name in that space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we all walk around in our normal courses of, of, of the world, um, really labeled up. I mean, what's the first? Right. What's the first question you get at a cocktail party? Well, what do you do? Right, which is yeah. code for why are you important? Right, right, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's like these labels are locators, but they're also limiters. Yeah, big time. And in this space, we delabel people. And this um, example that I gave you was someone who is actually falling back into his label. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. labels are powerful. I always, whenever I get an opportunity to ask like about a business card that I'm going to be handed or something by my company, I'm like, can I get something goofy instead of my actual title? <laughs> right. Like, and then you helped me make business cards a while ago. And my title was professional barbarian, amateur vampire hunter. Nice. There's a resume <laughs> stuffer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a label to live into. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Cause I do, I just don't, I mean, I do so many things that aren't defined by my actual job title. Yeah, right. And I think that everyone does that. So, like, 
in doing that, you're kind of limiting your potential when For you sure. meet someone new or yeah. anything. Yeah. Well, that's why labels exist, they're yeah. habits. Yeah. So right. you can quickly put somebody into a framework so mm-hmm. that you can understand who right. they are. Mm-hmm. And I was asked the other night, you know, so what do you do? And I said, as much as possible. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great, great answer. We, was it lying? <laughs> yeah. We don't, have, we don't have our titles on our business cards at no. Cart, and it's like one of my favorite things. Right. That's pretty great. Yeah. What I love about that is that every outfit needs to understand that it's both an organization and an organism, right? So the titles mm-hmm. are all about the organization, right? It's the, the hierarchy. Nobody I, really you know. cares. Well, that's a cool thing about Go-Kart, though, is that Go-Kart has a really robust organism mm-hmm. alive in there as well, where it isn't hierarchical, where it is more organic. And... Um, it is, you know, it isn't this this world of compliance. It's really a world of uh, enrolled. Um, I'd just call it, you know, partnership. And mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. fact that you walk around with a business card that uh, you know that doesn't allude to the organizational form mm-hmm. is really cool. Mm-hmm. It says a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I'm having a total. How am I being? Kind of a day. Okay. And by that I mean, I I have to. Most of the time, I'm like, how am I being that this would happen? And it's very, like, reflective and gentle. And then other days, I'm like, how am I being that you guys are being like this? And so that's kind of the day I'm having. So I still ask the question, but it's in (laughs) not the right, necessarily, (laughs) spirit that Ben Zander meant it. So I just was thinking about that when I got home. I was like, how am I being? And... um. Josh and I were bickering on the way home, so he knows all about it already. Um, but do you want to talk about Ben Zander? Because it's kind of he's kind of an important character in all of this, and he's definitely been an important character for us. Mm-hmm. One of our heroes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so take it. Yeah. A couple a couple things on Zander. First of all, um, this notion of reaching out to your heroes is a really cool thing, right? So he's a hero of ours, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and we reached out to him and he responded. Yeah. And we've done that a few times now. And more often than not, your heroes respond to you. So for and any they're of you guys so listening, cool. yeah. you have a hero, like if it's Hugh McLeod, whatever, whoever your hero is, you know, if you reach out to these people, not always, but very often they respond and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. And so like when we called him. Let's, and, let's describe who he is first though. Yeah. So he's, he's the conductor of the Boston Philharmonic. Mm-hmm. He has one of the most watched TED Talks of all of time. All of ever. Right? Um, he uh, taught the Boston Conservatory forever and ever. He's a classical musician and conductor. Um, what is Ben? He's in his upper 70s, maybe? Yeah, late 70s. And he has more energy than 25 years. It's astounding. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. So I reached out to him. He got on the phone. And he said, his initial response, I said, would you come talk to us? And his initial response is, oh, I don't do that anymore. And um, so I just shared my heart with him. And by the end of the call, he goes, we can make it happen. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so it was amazing. Uh, The first lesson is reach out to your heroes. Mm -hmm. Share your heart with them. They love it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, so what he's all about is living into a world of possibilities, right? So the known world is a world of predictions. And he introduces people to this beautiful idea of a world that's not scarce of up and down and Mm -hmm. mine and yours. It's much more abundant and how to live into that space. So one of his famous things is when he was teaching at the conservatory, um, he gave 
all of his students an A on the first day. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a standard to live up to, it was a possibility to live into. So a year later, they all had to write a letter to him saying, Mr. Xander, this is how I earned my A. Mm -hmm. Which is like such a cool way of treating a an artist mm -hmm. and unleashing yeah. potential. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's it's really powerful. After I went through that and learned about the giving an A, um, I actually did that with someone from my team and and helped them to unlock. I was like, here's the here's the you know what are the things that you think you're responsible for here, and drew like kind of a tiny box around that mm -hmm. and then like drew this great big circle that was like the arrows pointing out that yeah. was like this is actually what you're capable of so why are you sticking to this tiny little box of things right. that you think someone told you to do when you could go out and do all of these things and decide what's possible and it's really Beautiful. really powerful to um to use with mm -hmm. and like, he's just such a joyous character with oh man so he's he's walking up the stairs to the James J. Hill Library where we hold yeah. uh, the studio and where we were having this event. And he's got a cane and he's walking really slowly and Tom and I look at each other going, uh-oh, <laughs> you know, we've got a couple hundred folks coming tonight. Does this guy have the energy? You know, and he walks through the door and literally the cane goes off to the side and he's like sprinting across the library. Why was he using a cane? Uh, he was going upstairs. Like rest stuff up like or whatever? Yeah. yeah. Well, and I well, mean, he's not he young. just flown right. in that day yeah. and everything. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, plane travel, going to the thing and then doing the performance. Talk to him uh, about Nigel. <laughs> Because that was really fun, too. Cause, um, so he brought in a kid who was a great musician locally. Mm -hmm. He set up uh, oh, yeah, this was great. A, young, a young kid who was actually in a music competition during our event, but then Mr. Xander asked him to come over to our event. So they'd never met before. And uh, so during the uh, show, Ben basically worked with this kid and coached him. Mm -hmm. And you could see how he transformed the kid as a player because basically he said you know play this beautiful dance I forget what it was yeah was it was, um i think it was chopin yeah yeah so he's playing that and it sounds perfect it sounded absolutely perfect mm -hmm. and then he said nigel nigel you're too tight you're too tight um let's go down here in the audience and then he put him in front of a woman and said this is simone she's having a really bad day and why don't you make her feel better with your music and he was playing. He goes, no, no, look in her eyes as you're playing. And the way the kid played was. after that, it opened it up. Yeah. And it just showed you the power mm -hmm. of really connecting with someone mm -hmm. beyond that box that you're talking about, mm -hmm. opening up that ray right. of sun. Because he was just looking into this woman's eyes, playing. And, and she was egging him on, like, yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Well, and he was explaining, like, the purpose behind the piece, like, to, to yes. him and... And just kind of really, like, it wasn't just music at that point. It was a story yes. that Nigel mm -hmm. was telling to all of us, but, but especially we, her. And don't ever lose, you know, the music in for sake of perfection. Right. Yeah. It was his, yeah. And that, that drive for perfection, that mm -hmm. box, mm -hmm. is, is scary and it lonely. It limits And you. small. Mm -hmm. It is small. small, but it's like, you know, so this is a really um, intense interior conversation where you're trying to do everything perfectly. But if you really connect it, there's an... There's another person outside of you who really needs your gift. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, everything shifts. 
And now it's not about perfection. It's about transformation. Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, it's one of my favorite things that uh, went on. I was, I was also thinking about with Nigel, though. So Ben, ben <laughs> didn't know anything about Studio E other than he heard about why we were. That's actually why he came. Tom didn't tell him as much as what we do as to why we do it. And mm-hmm. that's really what uh, brought him out. So we have this compass and this map that we use as the main tools at the studio. And there's this line called possibility. And we said, Ben, that's you. Possibility. <laughs> we got that from you, right? It's the Ben Zander line. <laughs> right. So this, this young kid comes in. His name is Nigel. And, and he goes, Nigel, come over here. And for the next 10 minutes, he brought Nigel through our tools with such pardon me, perfection. He did. I was like, I was blow away. He was listening so closely to how we were explaining how the, the, the year works and what we're trying to do with folks. And he just rattled it off. Um, it was just one of the most gorgeous evenings. We had dinner with him um, uh, later that evening. Mm-hmm. And um, he, 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 he gave us the best compliment I think we've ever ha- had. This guy's spoken to thousands of people and thousands of people at once. Mm-hmm. And he said it was one of the most remarkable crowds he had ever been in front of. Nice. Uh, a crowd that was um, just so perfectly primed. And generous. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, so our, you know, I oftentimes refer to the studio as it's, you know, it's our family, right? We're yeah. all family members. Yeah. Well, the family showed up really well that night. They really did. <laughs> it was a really good night. What's so interesting, too, is like you can, all of the things that he went through, um, you know, back to the listening to the record and the seeing the live show thing, um, all of the things you can watch that on YouTube, you can, mm-hmm. and it's totally different to be standing in the room with him and to like have the energy and have everybody like, I didn't feel like he said something. There were a few like new bits that I hadn't experienced before, but right. it was the the experience of it that was... Yeah. That was I think that's um, part of that experience too. Is that it's not just him. It's yeah, everyone it's all around of us. you. It's a collective mm-hmm. energy coming right. together, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that we really strive for mm-hmm. um, to create that um, to transform the space into a place. Is that um, it is about all of the great folks around you, and that they. Um, you know, my buddy Tom has this great line that it's not how smart you are, it's how are you smart, and mm-hmm. everyone is smart in a, in a certain way. Right. So everyone in that space is really, really talented, but very talented in very different ways, and the labels have dropped, and there's just a really beautiful connection that happens uh, with people in that space. And in my experience, that's pretty rare. There's not a lot of places like that yeah. that have that generosity as well as that generativeness. I mean, people, you know, I would say there's lots of, uh, lots of awful ways to split up, you know, the world. And here's another one. You know, there are actors and spectators. Mm-hmm. Studio is full of actors. It is. Everyone in that space is a creator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, What's your vision for the future of Studio E? It's unknowable. Do you want to share? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting because we're we're in the business of helping leaders and organizations navigate change because change is difficult even when it's good. Yep. And we're going through some good change. 
and it's difficult. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Part of it is that, you know, we started off as a leadership program. Actually, to be honest, Tom and I started off, I won't call it a lark, but we had like 15 <laughs> friends that we wanted to help. This we was going to be like our Like really specific people. Yeah, like <laughs> it would be 15 of our buddies. That were unhappy. We were going to like create, uh, you know, a kind of a mind meld group. Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's how studio we started. It was never designed to be this big thing, you know, sure. hundreds and hundreds of Right, and that's actually what we have now, is we have hundreds and hundreds of people. <clears throat> we have a, a variety of different models as to um, how people can experience the studio, everything from what, what you experienced um, to a master's track to embedded labs inside of some of the largest organizations in the community. Mm -hmm. um, we actually woke up one morning and said, wow, we, have, we actually have a membership organization. Mm -hmm. So now we're starting to think about, well, what does that mean? What are the implications sure. of having mm -hmm. a membership organization? Which, um, you know, if I can commit the sin of pride, uh, around the studio, that's actually what I'm most proud of is that we have hundreds and hundreds of some of the coolest folks that have joined in this uh, exploration of, um, you know, of impacting the world in, po in a positive way and mm -hmm. impacting each other in a positive way. So that's where we're at right now. We're, we're starting to think about, so what, is, what does that mean when you're not just about bringing people through experiences, but you actually want to service them year-round as a member? Mm -hmm. Sure. And we'd love to, one of our goals or dreams is to build the corner bar type environment where these people can come hang out. Nice. And have a physical space. That mm -hmm. is super cool. Like, I've I've been for a while like fascinated by the idea of like those explorers clubs mm -hmm. of you know exactly. like London in the day right like, yep. cannibal club and you know all that stuff and I've yeah I I was like would that be like one of those membership barbershop kind of things or would that be like yeah. you know yeah but you know, I I love those kind so of that's an idea we're ideas. exploring right I'm now. teaching myself to make sazeracs if you need oh, any bartender good old school cocktail <laughs> I like that. <laughs> mm -hmm. I like a good sass. Getting close. Uh, as yeah. our mutual friend AJ pointed out to me the other day, I was explaining where I was in the process of perfecting this drink. And he goes, oh, so you're in the phase where you know all the ingredients and you dump them in the glass. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I think I'm a little past that stage. She's past stage. that. She'll do the, she does the tumbler. Like, Remember. Um, Josh laughs at me. Don't but sacrifice the art for perfect notes. Exactly. <laughs> it's Look into Josh's eyes yeah. as you're making the drink. It's the art definitely of possibility not, of that Sazerac. It, it is I, definitely not perfect. And I know you drink gin too, right? I, I really like gin. So do you know the French 75? No. Oh, uh, that's another old school cocktail. That one I'm goes back to uh, World <laughs> War One. Okay. Um, it supposedly hits you like a 75 millimeter howitzer. Oh. Wow. Yeah. It's gin, simple syrup, and champagne. Oh. I think I have all of those things. <laughs> Sweet. I'll try this out. Because on a, on a how am I being kind of a day. There you go. Sometimes you need something to or hit Or more you. like a how am I being. How am I being. That was definitely how that was going. Are you, <laughs> sorry, Josh. That's fine. Are you guys um, <laughs> familiar with the random question marks jar? I was waiting for it. Awesome. Okay, this is a great big pile of paper that and raffle tickets that you can write a, a question on afterwards, but you each get to pull a question from the jar. Oh, yes, this is the first time ever having two guests on just our standard format show. Not the live show version. Right. All right. Wow. So this is an exciting day on many, mm -hmm. on many levels. <laughs> oh... 
What do you got? This is a good question. Really? Yeah. Most of them are super dumb. So. No, this is good. Just <laughs> so here's what it says. What's the worst superpower you can think of? Oh, you don't hear that yeah. that version. Mm, I like the that. worst superpower. Superpower. So, um, for me, it, it comes pretty uh, uh, readily to hand too. Um, I think that righteousness is a really, really bad quality in people. Yeah. Because um, anytime you think you have the corner market on, on, on truth, mm -hmm. uh, that's dangerous. And then you think you can assert that on someone, and then it turns into righteous indignation. And the next thing you know, you're burning up people. So. Yeah. So for me, it's righteousness. That's really no, that interesting. Is, that is good. Yeah. That's yeah, kind of good. that's kind Bad of one. relevant to me today because I went to Beyonce last night. Yeah. And I'm deeply conflicted about Beyonce. Because she's a righteous babe. Well, <laughs> like there's just I'm simultaneously totally mesmerized. Yeah. By the lack uh, of pants. There's no pants. She does not. Did you see her comment? Yeah. <laughs> she does not need pants. But the um. Like, totally mesmerized by the show. Yeah. And then also totally fearful of what she's teaching these women around me and these yeah. girls around me to be. So I'm super conflicted by it because I'm like, ooh, shiny. And then, oh, she's army of bitches. She's chewy. Yeah. She is. She's, she's complex. So I had a little yeah. bit of like, like righteousness battle going on yeah. in my heart today. Yeah. So... It was interesting. But as long as it's a battle, then it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's the folks that wake up and there is no battle. It's like they just they just they know. just know. They yeah. just know and they can assert that on you. And, and I don't there's care. There's no convincing. Yeah. yeah. And I don't care what sector you come from, whether it's a religious sector or a business sector or a government sector, you know. Um, anytime you are wielding that kind of power inside of yourself, you're probably going to become a problem to other folks. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's a good answer. Sweet. What's your question? <laughs> My question is, what celebrity would you like to have as a life coach? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's great. Don Rickles. <laughs> <laughs> Always steal my thunder, man. <laughs> no, I was like thinking Kim Kardashian is the exact opposite of everything she says. It's superstar. I heard Beyonce is available. Yeah, a life uncoach. <laughs> um, it's an interesting question. Um, I happen to know a lot of celebrities, and when you actually know them as individuals, they're not that life coachy. <laughs> yeah, <true>. they're like <laughs> in dire need of life coaching. Oh, I gotta say, this is not a big surprise. True. <laughs> given, given the the question, and I do have to answer it. I would say, um, I don't know this person, but I'm very impressed with his generosity, and that's Bono. Mm. I feel mm. like he is nice a very Mm -hmm. He's a generous person mm -hmm. in more of his actions and even what he says. Mm -hmm. And I really like that. And I think there's a tendency when you become a celebrity to get sucked up into a vortex that makes you um, unaware and not very generous. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. everyone's trying to take things from you. So right. You have to be very protective. Yeah. And I don't think he has that. Yeah. I actually met him. Yeah. Many years ago, before he was famous. Mm -hmm. And that's part of it. He was such a nice guy, and he'd never had a B-52 before. And I bought him in the edge of B-52. Nice. Nice. And they were very grateful. Yeah. And then I asked them At what why. At 
Was it, it at the bar? It was at the bar at the hotel. They used it was on the Mississippi River. What was it called? It was the uh, Whitney Hotel. Oh, the Whitney. Oh, oh I remember there. the Whitney. In the basement, yes. That's where it was. And then I made the mistake of saying, do you wear underwear under your kilts? And they said, "It's that's the wrong country, dude. Right, it's true. <laughs> so, you know, I screwed that up. But they got over it. They got I mean, over they're it. not the world's greatest Scottish band. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, stepped in, I stepped into it a little bit, but they forgave me. And, yeah. and But they were just very real. They were yeah. all cocky. So that's who. Yeah, nice. I like that answer. Yeah, it's I think, yeah. That that's a tough one, though, you think? Yeah. That it was is, the world yeah. before Google. So people were, I think, a little bit more understanding of cultural ignorance. Yes. Yes. I I, I, I'm Google. the king. Glue, Glue-bell. Ignorance an inside joke. There's we a, have our own inside joke. A Glue-bell? There was a... Glue-bell. Sure. What podcast is it? It's... Um, uh, I don't remember. There, it's one of the ones that you listen to those, all the like, time. One of those, like, um, <laughs> public radio... Uh, no, it was the one where she's, like, no, researching it's, it, everything, it, right? It's the... Oh, yeah. it's the one of the the groups that's like they used to be in public radio and then they went into podcasting and discovered this whole new universe of freedom. Right. It's one yes. of those. It's like invisibility radio yeah. lab. Lou like that crap. Yeah. 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 This Love was a Gimlet one. I think it might have been the mystery show that this particular yeah. one was on. I think so. And she's solving mysteries. It's part of the Gimlet Media podcast group, and uh, she's trying to say this doctor's name. And they, like, she just couldn't pronounce it. And, and the, the woman kept going, no, you're saying it wrong. And she couldn't figure it out, but it was coming out like, <laughs> and, and so they ended up just, she, stu- she, she gave up trying to say it and just put in a recording of the other woman saying it. And so every time <laughs> I was just they in. got, they just like <laughs> patched it in. So it was like, <laughs> but my, my daughter used to call Google, Google. Oh, and she it was so cute when mm-hmm. she was figuring yeah. out all the letters and where they went, oh. and she'd be like, "Mommy, can you Google that?" But now she hates it when we say that. Oh, of course. But so now that has become our word for Google is yeah. Google. Google. <laughs> and you have to say it different. You see how time. we got there? Yeah. It's all very oh, yeah. obvious. Yeah. My eighty-eight-year-old dad yeah. calls it the Google. The Google. The Google. Mm-hmm. Nice. Let's throw that on the Google. I actually did a project with Google, and they and I said Google on the phone <laughs> and they were like what i'm like google <laughs> yep i'm sorry of course oh this connection. Bad connection. <laughs> bad what connection. is the static are we going through europe Ooh, right now That's i didn't right. say google <laughs> mercury must be in retro <laughs> solar flare well I this was this was awesome you guys thank yeah. you so well, much for, for the invite. taking yeah. time yeah. to hang out with us love it yeah. you're now alumni of our member group awesome another family <laughs> we have hangouts love it, awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. love it. no we're thanks there. it's been fun yeah, yeah. We're really uh Happen to be a part of what you're doing. And yeah, absolutely. And who you guys are. Oh, good. Thanks. Yeah. Right Much on. success. Thanks. Right All on. right. Get us out of here. Nope. Thanks again for listening, humans. As always, you can find us on Twitter at ProHumans, on our Facebook page, ProHumans Podcast, on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash ProHumans, or go the easy route and log on to ProHumans.com where you can find all that stuff and more. This is Danger wishing you a professional week.